Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Hello, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. Um, tonight, V Radio is happy to once again have the Venus Project on for this episode. Um, in light of a few things, before we get started, I, I want to make something clear to people um, that basically V Radio is going to continue to do what it's been doing, and that is promoting you know resource-based economy, uh, war activism, uh, eco, you know ecological activism, and really nothing really changes for me. I've made it clear that I think everybody in the situation is a friend of mine, and I have not been asked to choose by anybody, and I don't believe I'm going to be. So um, I get constant emails about people asking me about what my take is and what I'm doing, and I'm kind of been trying to tell people to, if they really want to know what's going on, go listen to what Peter said and go listen to what Jock and Roxanne said, and that's why I'm giving Jock and Roxanne their own opportunity to explain this. Um, the one thing I wish people would stop doing is making a circus out of what is, you know, a problem between two people, you know, or well, I guess three people who've been friends for a while. Um, you know, regardless, you know, this is you know, a lot of this should be between them, and I think some of you guys have been turning this into a circus. So please don't contribute to that. I can't make you do anything, but I think it's in poor taste. So that being said, um, I've told Jock and Roxanne they're free to say whatever they want on my show. Um, you know, to try to clear the air from their perspective. And if anybody's wondering, you know, uh, how, I'm, how I'm responding to this, well, this is B Radio, and I'm going to continue doing what I was already doing anyway. So, that being said, um, welcome, Jacques, and welcome, Roxanne, to B Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, um, I guess, basically, um, there were some people saying they can't hear. Hear me? If not, refresh. You guys are a little bit quiet. Um, it's okay. low. Yeah, you guys are a little quiet on your end. Um, I, I don't know how to remedy that, or if it can be remedied over here. Let me try turning it up on my end. Yes. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Oh, now I see what was wrong. It's not your fault at all. It was all on my end. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right. See if that sounds better. Okay. Oops, that doesn't. There we go. All right. In any case, um, people keep saying, I can't hear, I can't hear. Refresh the browser or try another one. <laughs> Nothing I can do about the background noise. We're on speakerphone using Skype, folks. So, um, And I'm getting audio is fine. So anyway, anytime you're having problems with listening to the show, try refreshing. And if that doesn't work, try a different browser. So in any case... Um, all right, guys. Well, I guess I will just kind of turn it over to you. Um, I gave you a list of things that I felt that the people in the movement have not, you know, feel basically do not feel that have been answered adequately. Um, I can look at the list that I sent you, and we can bring them up one at a time. Well, let, let me just mention this. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I can hear you. You're fine. Okay. Um, there were many things troubling us during, you know, um, with with the movement or our participation in it and feeling isolated, you know, that I've gone over somewhat and that it was, you know, being directed uh, uh, through Peter. But um, after hearing Peter's radio show, uh, we put a call into Peter to see if we can talk to him and maybe 
bridge some differences. I, I don't know if we can. Um, maybe try and work out some things. Um, you know, so, some of the things that were, were troubling us, he seemed to, you know, for, for instance, we were feeling it, that the movement was going off in its, in its own direction that was not a direction of the Venus Project. And I mentioned on TeamSpeak, one of the one of the one of the things about that was that there was a um, Peter brought up something about and even on Z Day about doing asking scientists to come in and designers to draw up what a resource-based economy would be like, and you know we we didn't really talk about this together before that, and um, we we felt that it would kind of be run into the ground that, that the parameters of design for that type of thing really has to go through Jacques. And um, otherwise it would move backwards. If you bring people and scientists who are disciplined in academia, then that's what you'll get. If they, because Jacques has been, was, was never educated through that and came out with a very different ideas of how of systems approaches to design and we were afraid it was going to go backwards and it would be run into the ground. We didn't feel that Peter could could head that, didn't have the background or the experience or the technical experience. But so so we were afraid that it wouldn't represent the Venus Project and and we didn't want to be associated with that and feel that the name of the Venus Project would be run into the ground as well. But Peter mentioned on the radio show, I don't know if he just came up with that, or I don't know, because he's never mentioned it to us before, that Jack was going to be the head of that in some way, if that's what he was talking about. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what we thought. So, um, and and just, we'll, we'll try and bridge some differences if Peter's willing to, you know, speak with us about it, and we'll try and raise some concerns, some of the other concerns that we had, and see what we can do. I just never felt he was responsive to that, and we always, when, it would, when we did have concerns, we always asked him to come over. We didn't feel he could do it on email, and for whatever reason, he didn't, and, and many times, you know, he was very busy, we were very busy, and, and it was never worked out, but then we thought he just really, in some instances, wasn't interested. So. Um, Hopefully we'll see what we can do, but you know there were several comments made during the radio show too that we felt were a bit over the top, but we'll try and resolve those as well. Um, you know, some <laughs> the idea of the film that we have wanted to do, that Jack has wanted to do before he met me even, that he never could meet people that would help him do it financially or or, or people in the field, although he's been talking about it for a long time. We're not trying to do that film to trump Peter, as he says. That's ridiculous, because we've been trying to do it long before we met Peter. But we thought we might have the opportunity now, and, and time was running out with Jacques, too, you know? So um, we felt it was very important. And it, it, it's nothing to compete with Peter's films. It's an entirely different genre than Peter's film. Peter's film was fantastic, did a tremendous amount and got so much activism behind it, but we we're trying to, there has to be many different films and many, to reach many different people, and we're trying to get to the mainstream. And after feeling shut out somewhat along the way, you know, kind of along the way from this movement, um, that we were never consulted for many things, 
and if it was supposed to represent the Venus Project, we felt, you know, it, 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 we should be part of it in that way, not just getting on TeamSpeak and voicing our what we felt. You know, I didn't. I always thought the TeamSpeak. Some people said, well, Roxanne could have gone on TeamSpeak. I thought TeamSpeak was primarily for the movement to discuss movement issues and talk about the Venus Project or talk about the Zeitgeist movement and what they were doing. I never considered it a voice to to say my problems that I was having or, or things like that. I just never even considered it as that. But um, so the movie, when that got shut down, we felt that was being squelched for the first time we asked to participate in something that we, the Venus Project, felt was important, and we felt it was squelched. And, you know, if this was supposed to be the activist arm of the Venus Project, we, it, you know, it was kind of, it, it wasn't going in the direction that the Venus Project wanted to go in. So um, we don't feel that it's a, a negative thing to ask for donations. We're not making it mandatory. We're asking for donations for seed money. We were not expecting the Zeitgeist movement to to um, to to fund this entire project. And Peter keeps saying, you know, he keeps stressing. He just was one-dimensional on that. That what we're trying to do is billions of millions and billions of dollars. It is millions of dollars, but it's not it's it's not as much as he's talking about that the that the movement would have to support. We're looking for seed money so we could go elsewhere. We we are. We have made some wonderful connections with the film so far um, in different fields, and we're, we're even thinking of doing a TV series. We're thinking this may be a better way to go. We, um, we could do a pilot, and, and then as a series, as a TV series, we could deal with different issues and, and um, have a lot more time during a half-hour show you know, every week or whatever we can do. So we think it's really important to do something like that. It would tremendously help the movie, but we had a thumb put, you know, there's a thumb put on it that it just wouldn't happen, can't do it, too big, and not much discussion on it. Just Do you think, um, real quickly, just to ask, do you think it's possible that he may have misunderstood what it is that you intended to fundraise for then? Yes. Just the seed yes. money issue? There wasn't too much discussion on it. It was I just got you know several emails reprimanding. That's what I looked at. Reprimanded for what I was doing. So you know, all in all, it 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 wasn't representing us. It wasn't going in the direction we thought it should go in, and we felt it would be run into the ground in many ways. Um, but so th these were concerns that we had. Um, another thing that it. it Peter keeps mentioning, and, and these are things we would discuss with him when he comes, but it's just because he has discussed it with other people that we feel we ought to say it, he is talking about this, this notion of nobody comes up with ideas, they're serially developed, you, you know, but, but that, that Jack took it from other people. This is, this is not the case at all. And, and, and then to mention what have we been doing for the last 30 years, well, Jacques's been working on this for about the last 70 years. He's been developing the ideas. He's been working it out technically. And, and that's a lot of work to, to arrive at knowing how to do things technically. And not just working in one area, but across the board. You know, a multidisciplinarian person. So these ideas were not arrived at through 
learning things from somebody else and step, you know, and just a stepping stone to somebody else to take it and and feel that they can take it to the next step. Everything that Jack talks about is not just a philosophy. He experimented to arrive at all the different things he's, he's, he has come up with, all the different notions uh, that are very contradictory to the norms of today, such as free will, um, human behavior, he didn't get, you know, environment and human behavior and um, notions of purpose and, and just everything that he has come across to that he has arrived at have been with a lot of hard work and experimentation. He lived it. He worked it out. He, if you understood, if you knew about his background, he didn't just take it from other people and and um, and 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 is able to give it to somebody with many hours of conversation. It's and and then to technically back it up. It, everybody learns from other people, but certain people have arrived at, at certain things by experimentation and hard work. This is what Jock did. It's not just it, 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 the notion of that is kind of erroneous in this way when you when you look at the work that was done. So he's he's lived it. His experiments and 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 work in the field enabled him to arrive at this. And it wasn't in just one field, talking about environment. It, it was across the board. So I don't think that a lot of the, the members, the Zeitgeist Movement, are aware of the conclusions and aware of the, the work that's been done. He does repeat himself in many ways. He gives the introductory lectures when people come they're very much the same because even the Zeitgeist Movement people, when they come here and they've heard a lot of the things, they can't put it together. So he starts from the first lesson all the time. And um, so, you know, I don't know what he's talking about when he says that, when Peter mentions that he feels this is just based on ego. It's based on trying to keep the integrity of this direction that he arrived at. And um, he didn't want to see it squandered, but you know maybe we can bridge the difference on some things. I don't know. Maybe there could be more participation, direct participation between us. Um, so we're going to see what we can do. I, I don't know. Well, that and actually that actually is very um, positive to hear, and people are happy about that. I guess. Um, well, I, I also want to mention too. Go ahead. When, and this was really something. When Peter said that, what have we been doing for the last 30 years? We have been building this play, well, just me with Jacques for the last 35 years. Yeah, yeah Peter said, what are we doing for the last, he didn't know what we were doing for the last 30 years. We, I, we had a business that we had to maintain during all this, too, to get money. But Jacques has made literally 4,000 drawings of detailed, you know, when they say, where are the blueprints? Jacques has 4,000 drawings of details of building processes, um, sketches of how the buildings go together, how the, how the transportation systems go together. They're not pictorial, pretty artistic pictures. 
he designs the insides, then he designs the factories that they're made in and the mechanisms that can put these these things together. But it's you know, as I said, it's not pictures. He's been doing since I have known him in the last thirty years, we have been building this this place. We had to work to get the money. Jacques Hughes sold a house to get the money as well. I know there's a lot of junk on the internet that says the, the socio-cybernarian put up all the money. Well, they, they didn't. They left us high and dry on some land we were buying, and people know that. And and we had to pick up the slack. Um, Jacques sold the house, and and um, we, we, we built all these buildings ourselves. I mixed the building, the concrete, in a wheelbarrow and made all of these ten buildings almost by myself. We had to get money to support the project as we were doing and as we were doing it and didn't have any donations we publish our own books i you know the next time we have to publish this book it's going to be we have to print it it's going to be around twenty thousand dollars i'm not sure how we're going to get that we we've made everything here jacques made all the models he trained me on how to make models on those models we did all the renderings we shot all the footage and that's years and years of work by hand, one person. We've written scripts for the movie that we're working on now, many pieces of them. We're putting them together now. We, we've, you know, we edited what we could with no experience because we couldn't afford an editor, so we had to buy the equipment and edit what we had for our videos. There's so much that we were doing, and over the 70 years, Jacques had to work out all these systems. He had to design all these things. He had to, he had to, he, he, he wanted to show people what it would be like. We needed a pictorial to show people because you can't just talk about it. We had to back it up with something to show, and that takes a long time for one person to do all that. And um, and. You know, when Peter came along, it was ready to be presented to the world. Um, and he took it to the next step in that way. But we didn't feel that he could carry it out the way Jacques wanted to carry it out. He didn't have the learning processes, the teaching processes, you know, because Jacques, it, you know, he didn't read books and think that this is a good way to do it. He worked with the worst kids in New York City and he turned them around. He worked up a process of teaching and taking people, taking kids from from wanting to make guns to to giving them a career in engineering and um, and doing engineering drawings. He worked with the worst kids in New York City. He worked with drug addicts and alcoholics and had a process of turning them around. And they went out in a very different way than AA and worked with Jacques' processes of doing that. He worked. He 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 made videos of showing um, how he started with animals and started with ants, controlling behaviors of ants. Worked his way up through through the chain of animals. You know, a lot of hard work and experiment. Worked with pigs. I don't know if many people have heard the, the example of the immaculate pig, where he taught a pig how to take a shower, how to make his bed, how to clean up his environment and then put a little little um, shirt on him with a red cross and called it an immaculate pig. And then he filmed that, showed it to the clan as a learning learning tool to change them around. But when he joined the clan to see if he could change people, to see if these learning processes and changing values work, he could have gotten himself killed. So, you know, 
all these things that he arrived at were not from sitting around and reading books, but experimentation and working in the field. So his notion of how things should be done, how we should we should introduce new values, how we can change people's behavior so it's not detrimental. Peter doesn't have a lot of that information, and we wanted him to come back and learn a lot more about it so he can, he can explain more about it. And if he feels that he has all he needed and can go out and take it into the next level and just continue on without continuously working with Jacques and coming back and learning from us. You know, Jacques, learning from Jacques, Jacques always had a saying that if you admire somebody, take them for all they're worth in terms of what you can learn from them. And Jacques wanted to, to part, you know, give Peter more information. So, uh, and he still does. He wants him to come here and maybe we can bridge the gap in more things and explain the differences and fill him in on more information. So he has that to be able to carry this out better, more efficiently, so it doesn't turn into something else. And this is what we're afraid of, is that it would turn into something that it's not. So it wasn't control that Jacques wanted. He just wanted to make sure it was presented in, in such a way that it would come out so so it would it, it would best get into society and improve people's lives and change people's behavior and change people's values. So, you know, this is kind of some of the things we were bucking, and it, it just got too much, and we felt that this is not going to represent the Venus Project, and we wanted to step back. We, we've, we appreciate so much everything that people are, have been doing to try and introduce the Venus Project, and we still, you know, if we can bridge a difference between people, between Peter we still want to make more information, and we'd like the help of people who want to do it with us. We would like to make a, a study guide for this direction, for different value systems to try and teach people the Venus Project as Jacques portrays it. We need that done, and we need to introduce it to the movement, because so many people have their own direction for this. And as long as you go off into different directions and think you can state whatever you want with the, the that this is and turn it into a more democratic process and just put your own two cents in it, we're afraid it won't make it to to the best of the ability that it could is what we're we're afraid of. So we do need if we're gonna continue working with the group and we'd like to if we can work it out, I don't know if we can. We do need, as I said, study guides to to get more information across to people. Well let me um oh go ahead, Jock. We want to talk about how to do it. In other words, this is what's missing in many organizations. They criticize the country, but if you don't offer a, a, a possible way out of this dilemma, you, you only leave people in the air. It's not enough to criticize a country without offering an alternative. And the, the alternatives that I offer are not based on my opinions. They're based upon solid research. And I never had the chance or time to talk to Peter about the human aspects, how to help people understand things. So I did talk to Peter about a lot of things, and there was a lot of things he accepted and a lot of things he learned and a lot of things he personified. But he just didn't have enough coverage to be able to handle all kinds of problems. And uh, the academic world 
did not fight against these things. They accepted the system, and, and a lot of people write books on the future, but they don't touch the system that makes aberrant behavior. And I had to discuss so many things with Peter, which we, did, we just didn't have the time to do. I think now, if I can fill in some of the gaps and maybe bridge the difference between us, we might be able to continue. I hope I can do that. I, I trust that Peter is sincere in his works and that he wants to see a better world. We just have to discuss more and bridge the difference. You can't go off in any direction hoping that it will work. Now, just to, to get back to some more clarifications here, because I think we've, we've definitely covered a lot of ground that answers some of the questions that people had. Um, this period in which you felt that the communication broke down was when Peter stopped coming to visit. Um, can you identify a time frame for that? Is it possible that this was during the time when he was working on the movie and kind of stressed out and tired all the time? It was kind of, you know, I'm sure he was, you know, but and he's done a tremendous amount of work in portraying these values, but it, it was kind of after, we we did correspond after Zygotes, the um, addendum, and I mean, as, as far as we see it on our end, and we did talk about where the movement should go, and then after that, we felt it was pretty bleak, and, um, you know, we were both busy, but we never really, I, I, there was, we felt it, we were separate in a lot of ways, you know, and a lot of people, our tour, the, the movement really helped the tour a great deal, but we didn't really, um, we didn't really have communications with Peter in terms of where we should go and what we should do, and we didn't see him that much after that. I mean, I know he came here to um, to film before the the zeitgeist moving forward, and you know, there's so much to do that there there really isn't a lot of time for a lot of things. Also, and he usually came for about a, a couple days and. But there's so much to go over with this, and I—it's my fault. I didn't have the time to go into human behavior, how we get to be the way we are, what to do, how to design the cities. So, also, he wondered why I didn't present it. I was not ready to present it. I had to work for years to put all this stuff together so we could make films to show people roughly what the future can be, not what it will be. I don't know what. But we worked our butts off trying to get this film out and trying to get all the videos and all the books and all the publications out. We had to do the filming, the model building, writing the script. And it isn't easy in several meetings to take a person who's been through years of certain values and turn them around completely. That's why I asked Peter to continue to come out here as much as you can to learn more about it. You see, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to a medical environment. If you want to be an engineer, mechanical or electrical, you have to go to that environment to learn about it. Well, some people come here once or twice and they leave half-baked. You know, they're not complete. I try to give them all that I can when they're here. I really do. And I do want to work out the differences between Peter and myself, but it's going to take him to visit with us and learn more and share ideas and try to bridge the differences. 
This is what I'd like to do. The rest is up to Peter. He's welcome to come out here anytime he can, so we can bridge those differences. Well, that's excellent. Um, I guess, uh, did you guys try to get in contact with him in any other ways, like email or phone or anything? Yeah, we had done that occasionally, sure. Okay. Well, I could tell you, even from people who were on the high end of the Zeitgeist movement, he was a bit hard to get a hold of for a while when he was working. So I wouldn't take that personally. Um, <laughs> I, 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 oh, we understood that. It wasn't just then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it started after Zeitgeist Addendum. That was it. I felt that Peter... Peter had a good grasp. He, to go. he had a good grasp of many aspects of the Venus Project, but he did not know the details. That's why I want him to come back, so I can go over how to do prefabricated houses, how to make cities uh, more fit, efficient, so they use less energy, not just design cities. In other words, how to intelligently manage the Earth's resources for the benefit of all the world's people. I didn't have time to cover all that, and if Peter really wanted to know, uh, I didn't know what, what his obligations were, what he had to do. So there were many areas that were not really fulfilled, and I think that that would be the major problem. I think if we meet again, we can we can take care of those differences, because Peter really wanted to know, and we just didn't have the time during that period of the first discussion. And so I had to give him a little bit of our uh, point of view and how I arrived at it. I had to tell him a lot about myself because he knew nothing about me. And so there was so much that had to be discussed in order for us to remain on a common track. You know, am I against other people participating? Not at all. But if they say things like, I'd like to learn more about the Venus Project, that's fair, that's good enough. But if they, we don't have the time to finish that, just leave that area alone till you can get further information on it. Another thing that was troubling at one point that I did bring up to Peter was that uh, we saw that, um, you know, if, if the Zeitgeist movement was using the Venus Project as the solution and the direction and the value system changes and, and, and all of that, which it was, then in the literature, um, along the way of our tour, we saw many things where, um, you know, literature that was being passed out to schools and in the streets, where it, it was taken from from our direction, you know, saying taken from our book, taken from our website, you know, all these notions, all these different aspects of the Venus Project, and it was saying that the Zeitgeist movement. You know, I'll just give an example. It was always stating the Zeitgeist movement is this, the Zeitgeist movement is this, the Zeitgeist movement is this, you know, going down a bullet bullet list of things, say, on a poster. And then, then it would say the Zeitgeist movement advocates a resource-based economy, and then it would go into a resource-based economy is this, a resource-based economy is this. And then it would have the Zeitgeist website at the end. And, it, you know, this was going on all over that we saw. People were presenting the Zeitgeist movement to to schools, and it was getting usurped, and people didn't know where the source was from. I mean, granted, they could go to the website and they could see the, you know, if they read that, but, you know, material, we felt it would be, it should be cooperative, if that's what they're advocating, then then 
the Venus Project should be on the materials as well. We have people call us and write us, you know, we have so much of this. We have people just read, wrote us today saying, well, I'm doing a book about a resource-based economy. Should I put credit to the Zeitgeist Movement in the beginning or the end? Um, you know, so it just got so disjointed. And I'm not just saying for credit. I'm saying so people know the source because there's a lot more to get at the source. And there's a lot more that we can participate in if people come along and say we want to initiate something. It has to be done through the Venus Project. I'm sorry if there's different building processes and other things. The Zeitgeist Movement doesn't have that. And um, so, you know, it's just getting so disjointed and, and so many different things being put in it that it, it was not becoming the Venus Project anymore. And as I said, when we wanted to do a project, that, that was it. We, we had to report to somebody else. And um, so it, it was a bit, it, it, it got a, a really troublesome on this end. And I don't know if we can build, bridge those differences, but we'd like to try. Um, it's very important that I, I talk to PJ and see if we can bridge those differences. It's very important to me. It's very sad that they, that they seem to go off in different directions. But really, it's because we haven't had enough time to sit down and work out all the details. So the next time he shows up, we will have questions and answers and see if we understand each other. And uh, no, he doesn't to follow everything I talk about. All he has to do is question the things he's not sure of. But we have to sit down and talk about it. Well, um, I'm actually hoping that that happens. Uh, and uh, you know, I know that Peter has always stated that the door was open on his end to, and to you know to enter into communication as well. Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. You know, and I the thing I think like especially that came up on TS3 when I was listening to Jen Wilding, the United States coordinator, crying on TS3 was that a lot of us kind of felt confused and we didn't understand because, um, you know, we remember seeing the Venus Project all over the place. Um, and there could be, you know, examples that you might be giving. I mean, we can't be held responsible for what every individual chapter does. You know, when you see something like that, though, you know, please let us know. And I'm sure that the members of the Zeitgeist Movement would be happy to throw the VenusProject.com and everything. I mean, it's on my website on every single page. You know, I mean, it's just... I, if, if people, if they didn't, if you didn't feel that that was getting done enough, then we certainly could fix that. That's just a single URL added to a flyer. Yes, and I did mention it to Peter, and he said, "Well, it'll take its own course anyway." You know, and I thought that that wasn't, you know, he could remedy that. Um, and, it can't and it, take its own course. Yeah, so it was, it, and we just felt with all the things we were seeing that it would get worse. So this is why we thought we needed to split if we felt it was going off in a direction that wasn't the Venus Project. We did ask them to come out here so it wouldn't split, so we could further examine the views and the differences. That is absolutely essential that we do that. I don't want to quit. I want Peter to come down here, raise his objections, and so we can share our values and move forward. All right. Well, that's that's all excellent. Um, I look forward to that, and I hope that that basically gets brought up um, more than that. I mean, I, I mean, I you guys do realize, obviously. I mean, you, that you know, there is still a lot of crediting to the Venus Project going on in the movement. I mean, that's. I know. Um, I mean, that's. I mean, thanks to Zeitgeist Denim is the reason I called you guys the first time. So. Uh, right. We we realize that, but we we did see a lot of the other as well. So, I mean tremendous amount of push from all the people. They've just been fantastic 
Um, but you know, all this stuff added up along the way. So. Well, yeah, it sounds to me like this this uh, definitely needed a um, a remedy of just like you guys sitting down and talking more directly and. I imagine that there was probably, you know, the typical circumstances of people, you know, gossiping or blowing things out of proportion on, you know, all sides of the situation, which is unfortunate, but tends to happen in any large organization. Um, but uh, I guess that being said, um, just making sure that we went over everything here, there were some people, for example, who were concerned that, you know, they worked really hard on translating Jock's materials into so many different languages. and. Um, Noel Hunter actually wanted me to ask you guys this, um, to see how best to frame this. Uh, basically, the, uh, the ethics of having volunteer translators unable to link the translations they did from their country chapter websites. Um, this is basically just the idea of, like, the, the Zeitgeist Movement not being allowed to use your materials anymore. Um, no, well, if, if we didn't want another organization that we felt weren't really representing us to the way we, you know, and, and supporting what we wanted to do, then um, we didn't want them to use our materials. We did feel that if, if the Zeitgeist Movement goes out in the streets and wants to show the Venus Project designs and, and, um, and, and ideas and, and materials taken from the Venus Project, written material, and then they put the, the venusproject.com on it, then that's fine, but not under the auspices of another organization that that we felt, you know, was, wasn't really representing us and trying to hinder what we wanted to do. So um, this was our, our problem. So we, we didn't want to hand our drawings. I, hopefully we can remedy this, but if it goes the other way, this is how we felt. You can pass out information about the Venus Project, keep it keep it to the Venus Project and separate, and and it wouldn't be under the offices of another organization that that we feel in some ways was detrimental. Okay. So basically, you're telling people that you don't have a problem with, like, say, a TZM chapter passing out information from the Venus Project, so long as it's information from the Venus Project referencing directly to the Venus Project. Yes, and not under the name of the Zeitgeist Movement. But okay. did not come up with any designs or solutions or problems, although they did point out the shortcomings of the banking system, the Federal Reserve, all oh, that's very good. But what do you do about it is really the problem. And if people don't have an approach to how to change things, then you, you leave people in midair. And that's what I felt was happening. I wanted to make sure that Peter Joseph knew about the various aspects of human behavior, how we would convert most people to become creative. We would take soldiers and use them to become problem solvers, not killing machines. All of that was absolutely necessary that he know that in order to represent the Venus Project holistically. And those weren't just words, they were process levels to back that up on how to do that, that Chuck that's what Jock was studying. It's not just a nice word that you take from somebody else, but he went into the field and worked that out and changed people and, and enabled them to become creative. And uh, Peter Joseph was in the motion picture industry, but he never asked me about that. I was in the motion picture industry also. In fact, I was a technical advisor in most films about outer space and things of that sort. But 
he didn't know that, so he couldn't talk about it. He says, I know the film industry and I know what passes. We have to discuss a lot of things which we never got around to. So I would say, I think Peter is open enough to sit down and discuss those things. We just didn't have the time before, so we, we never accomplished that. And at one time we felt he didn't want to do that, that he had his own agenda, that he wanted to take the Venus Project, what he knew of it, and, and take it on the direction that he wanted to see it go in. But um, maybe, you know, after his radio show that we heard, maybe maybe there is an opening there. We'd like to try. All right, well, that's excellent. Um all right, well, that all being said kind of uh, renders the majority of what I was going to ask about this particular topic kind of pointless because, you know, it all basically depends on what happens between you and Peter. Um, but the other purpose of this radio show, which is what it was actually scheduled for, was to discuss your film. Are you guys ready to talk about that? Well, it's... Um, did you want to say something? Well, I can say something about the film. It's a story that occurs in the future. And uh, it keeps going back to the past, showing how we get from here to there. The movie would have the criticism, oh, you'll never see that, that's utopian. You've got all kinds of people in that movie with all kinds of criticism. But the basis of the movie is the presentation of the resource-based economy to the United Nations. And it reverts back to how I got the ideas, what made me think of these things, and how they would be applied in the future, and how we would try to bring the nations of the world together. We have a process for doing that. We're not just idealists that sit around saying, if only the nations would work together. And once you work out those details, then you have a basis for assuming that it's possible to build world peace and cooperation. I want to mention, just because Jack mentions the United Nations, you get all these conspiracy people saying that we advocate the United Nations. We don't as a group that will solve problems. We don't feel that they will. But um, he, he, there's, a, there's a scene in there where something is presented to the United Nations and it gets rejected. We're using that as a, as a medium in the film. So I just wanted to mention that. But the film is um, it's, it's just very exciting. We're making some wonderful contacts. And... Um, we're, it's just coming along very well. The film is designed to change the way people yes. think. I'm not thing. interested in designing cities. I'm not interested in designing mass production techniques. I'm interested in changing the mental set of most people, the kind of limitations that are put upon them by culture. I believe all people are victims of the cultures they're brought up in, that, that we have to kind of open them up to appreciate the work done by all the other nations. You know, the Arabs gave us mathematics, uh, Louis Pasteur, Frenchman, probably, vaccination against certain disorders. So I, we would like to show the contributions made by all nations rather than self-centered types of thinking. All right. Well, yeah, I've read the story, and what I saw from it was actually really great to kind of provide, like, a, you know, a contrast between the way the world could be and then the way the world is. Um, it looks very compelling. Um, now, uh, basically, I guess it's a good thing that we talked a little bit about this issue about what the fundraising for as far as the seed money. Um, you guys are working on a script. Um, 
do you want to talk any more about the the plans in regards to that? Is there like a target number for the amount of money you will need for this? Um, well, we just got a, a pretty good quote on a scriptwriter today that that would enable us to maybe uh, even with what we have to to hire the scriptwriter for the final version. We we have been working on it. We've been we just worked. We we had somebody visit last weekend who is working with us now too. Who is putting it in the form of a, a script because they know more about that than we do. You know the technical aspects and also um, to put in some things to to bridge it to the general public in the way that a TV series may need. Or you know. The, the doors are open with us, and we might do a movie, we might do a TV series. We don't know what will happen, but we're not slamming it. And um, and, and, and I always say, if, if it doesn't come about, we would still use the funds to do an independent film. But um, but hopefully we're not going to do that, because there's a lot of it being taking place in the future. There's a, There would be a lot of animation in it, and we really want it represented well. So um, it, it's, it's coming along very well, and um, that's all I can say. It, it's... We've, like I said, we made a lot of different contacts, and the, it, it ends up even with the money that we have in there now, it would help with the script writing, the final, final person. So we'll see how it goes. We're we're working it up with these other people, uh, you know, in, in close, close contact and communication. So it will come out the way we want it to come out. I spend a lot of time talking to the would-be writers about yeah. the future, about the details of the picture, about the dialogue, and the purpose of the film. So they have a comprehension. They're not just hacks, studio hacks, that write yeah. a picture about monsters or computers taking over. It's nothing like that. And we wouldn't give it to a studio that would turn it into something else. I'm sorry, we just wouldn't do that. So the assumption of that is ridiculous. And... Um, or we wouldn't put it at all if that's the case. But I think there's a lot more opening out there than, than some people feel. Um, we're going to explore it anyway. And we've had a lot of great feedback from people who have just heard about it and wanted to help. Um, so we have several things to, to work, to, to uh, several avenues to go down possibly with this. And it's still early as of yet in developing it. And, you know, Jacques just spent... I don't know how many hours, even going over a whole book of of what the scenes would look like, what the future cities would look like. Sure. And and the person looking at it said, you know, you all have a very small portion of, of what of the work that you have here up on the internet. We expose very little of it. So the film will be quite spectacular visually. And we went over a lot of that with him. And so he'd have a good idea of what the, the setting would be, what it would be set in the future, what it would look like. Well, it sounds like an interesting film, and if you guys can get the ability to get it together in the way that you know you're suggesting, I think it will have a good impact. I was trying to explain to people uh, what kind of examples to give, and like the the film 1984 by George Orwell did a lot, for example, to impact the way people think about the world. Yes, well, yes, but it still was an example of kind of a political, you know, agenda, but put in a way that people could understand or, you know, and, and mind you, people get a little bit too paranoid about that film, but, but, but the point is, is that the example of, you know, this is my thoughts on the world and 
you know, I want you to see it, and I'm going to act it out. This is an example of how bad the world could be if we pursued a certain direction was what Orwell was trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. And you guys are trying to show, like, more of a positive direction of the way the world could be um, towards that end. Now... Make it more visual and make it within the environment so people understand and and have people interact with one another and the environment so people understand the significance of that and how people's values can change. Right. Now, that all sounds like a worthy cause, and I've, and I've said that in the past, and that's why I told you I'd put a donation widget up for it and things along that line. And now that I know that you're looking for seeding money, that also looks like a far more realistic goal. So um, I'm hoping that people understand that because it's pretty clear that I, you know, because there are a lot of people on both sides that who did not understand exactly what the money was for. The reason we want to make a movie is because it can get to millions of people in just a few weeks. My lectures, I speak to maybe two, three hundred people uh, at each lecture, but a movie can get to millions of people and it can turn people around very fast. And I believe I know how to edit a film so that it'll do that. I've had lots of practice. And it will be geared towards a you know, an entertaining and informational film too, so or a TV series, you know, we're 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 exploring both. So you know, it'll be geared towards a different audience, as I mentioned. It'll we're expanding the audience hopefully. Right. Well that's that's another thing that I've told people is that there are some people that you just can't reach through the, the technical, technobabble stuff that we say at our average lectures who probably would get a reenactment or a, a dramatization, as, if you will, a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's... Go ahead. Neil, that there's no single philosophy you can come up with that somebody wouldn't hate you for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, people don't always have the background... So what we're trying to do is use a central method of communication that would affect more people in this world than less. We are not too technical in our terminology, but we do show the processes for building and building cities for human occupation. Instead of having parks, the whole city is immersed in a lovely garden. Right. It's not, it is not a technical dictatorship. There are no elitisms of any kind in our city, technical or otherwise. And all that would be represented. Yeah, and visually it's much easier for people. And they'll have they'll, they'll get involved with the characters too, so that will bring them in. It'll be on many processes, many different levels. And the end of the film, when we achieve the Venus Project, and people say, now that you've achieved it, where do we go from here? Right. And I guess at the end, obviously, you can refer to that, um, and then that'll get people, you know, uh, perhaps who would be too plugged in. I mean, I gave them examples of this before, like the films like V for Vendetta and The Matrix by the Wachowski brothers did a lot, and they get referenced all the time in other activists' videos. Like, they'll play little bits of The Matrix or V for Vendetta, because those films were basically plugged into the, the pop, pop culture world. There was violence, there was you know, sexy characters, things like that to get people's attention, but it also made them think in a way that they probably did not initially anticipate. Um, Lucas, uh, George Lucas went ahead and did the, the other three Star Wars movies, and they were pretty obviously, to anybody who looked at them, you know, an attempt to try to get people to realize that Bush's 
foreign policy was basically not that different than the evil emperor in Star Wars. Um, and those are examples of people using mainstream films. I mean, obviously, uh, um, Avatar is another example of that. Um, I still remember the scene in Avatar where the guy says, you see, this is how things work. If you, somebody has something you want, you make them your enemy, and then you take it from them. You know, just ways of putting, you know, realistic uh, messages in a film that was actually, you know, that is billed as just being entertainment. And that's, unfortunately, the only way to reach a lot of people. We're going to make it a lot more direct than Avatar, though. I was really lost in hours of footage. Spectacular. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope I answered your question, Neil, unless you have other questions. Well, there are some, uh, basically from the, the audience who still want to talk about the separation issue. Um, one of them was saying, can you, uh, for example, think of why is it that during the 30 years you guys were doing the Venus Project that you never got this kind of attention before? Because we never worked on public relations. We were working on the films, the design the buildings, how to put them together. Before you can present things to people, you have to have models and things built. So I was testing that. We even put up 10 real buildings to check things out. So right. we weren't ready to present it until we had the dialogue and everything else that belongs in that film to help people understand it. Just making a movie on the future, if people don't get it, you're not, you're not addressing them. You're talking at them rather than to them. So we want to make sure our film is understood. It's not like we were sitting around in the sun doing nothing. We never sit around and we don't go on vacation. We, we, don't, we don't live lavishly. Every single building that we have here is for working space. So, and we do a lot of work with these 10 buildings. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I already knew all that, but people wanted to hear it from you. Um, and, you know, as you pointed out, you know, I mean, I know you guys got on Larry King and stuff, but it was kind of a matter of wanting to have something done a little more before you worked on PR. Um, and obviously, I'm sure that you guys appreciate all of the work that Peter did that helped get you the attention that you got. Um, tremendous. Yeah, it's tremendous. And we didn't have the ability to edit like Peter did and do a film like that at that time. We were... We, um... You know, we didn't even have equipment or anything, hardly. We didn't have any professional equipment. And for so many years, we didn't have lighting to do a lot of things. Jack just took pictures. And Jack even made all the apparatuses to make things move with his footage. And, you know, it's just a tremendous amount of work. You came here and you saw the hundreds and hundreds of models that we have, all done, pretty much all done by one person, while I was doing a full-time business working day and night to try and get the money to support it. And we worked Saturday, Sunday, 30 years here, and never took a vacation. And we were using our own money to go out and lecture at that time. And, you know, the World Lecture Tour, the Zeitgeist Movement, was fantastic. We couldn't have done it without all those members working their asses off. And just meeting them was fantastic, too. But, you know, we paid for that whole trip. We paid We paid the Zeitgeist Movement everything that... that that they put up, you know, from the advertising to the venues, we paid for the transportation, we paid for the hotels, and um, Jacques had to travel first class long distance because of his age and put his feet up because so, of his health. So people think, oh, we made a lot of money on that. No, we didn't come out with that at all, that tour. We made zilch, nothing on that tour, because we paid for all the expenses ourselves. 
we weren't sponsored. We had nobody, you know, when you make a, when you do a lecture, when you go to the universities, the, the university pays you, they pay their, your trip, they pay your food, they pay your hotel, we paid all of that. Right. Well, um, okay, I'm not, there's, see, there's questions here that were in the audience, um, see, you know, just go ahead and make sure that everything got covered in our little document here, too. Um, okay, we went over that, we went over that, now, um, how much do you think uh, the issue of the unwillingness on PJ's part to involve the Zeitgeist movement in fundraising had to do with this this current problem that we have now? It was just one more thing that added to it. And and you know, after feeling isolated from organizing anything or doing anything or having a say in, in many things and being up being able to bring up things that bothered us, when that happened, that was the one thing that we asked that we wanted to do that. We, you know, we've been talking about for decades, and it was it was boy, it was put down really hard and heavy. And um, I, we're not interested in one person's opinion to squelch. What, it was supposed to be the activist arm of the Venus Project. This is the first thing the Venus Project asked of the of the organization. And I I, I didn't feel like we were trying to abuse people. Where people wanted to help too. I wasn't trying to milk them to live off of it. We're not making any salary on this. We don't know if we'll make any money from it. We're not doing it to make any money. We're not even, you know, we're not living off of that money. We're using it for the film, and the more money we get for that film, the better it will look. So, I, you know, it was just one more thing, the nail in the coffin. That, um, it, it sounds like we, we just want to ask for money to live off of. We don't, we don't, we have a nonprofit organization, and we never took a salary from that. We don't take a salary from anything. Yes. Neil, do you have any questions from your audience? Um, I'm looking now, and I've seen a couple. Some of them, I think, were things that were already answered. So um, that was basically it for me. Um, I, the fact that you guys are going to be meeting and talking to Peter, I think, is the best way for a lot of this to get handled. I hope um, so. We haven't put a call into Peter after the, his resolution. Right. We thought we would like to. We thought maybe at that point we could after hearing him. Before that, we didn't think that there was any bridge to open there, any, any doors to open with the things he was saying, too. And I know he was probably hurt, and a lot of people were hurt. But, you know, we were hurt all along the way with a lot of things that were happening with us. So we just felt to say what we had done, we needed to pull out and try and get it underway ourselves. Now, um, this next question, question is just more of a statement I mean because people you know I told you earlier that a lot of people were very upset very disheartened um, yeah. you know would you would you say something to the people out there that are basically afraid or sad about all of this and you know who have poured their hearts and souls in this as much as they know how to that now are just kind of feeling rejected yes I know we felt very bad ourselves because yeah. Peter Joseph really did a good job he tried so hard. It's just that he has to have more detail in order to be able to answer questions. And we felt we never had the time to sit down and go through all the various aspects. The next time he comes out here, I believe we'll be in most closer contact and have a better understanding of one another and the direction of the film. Right, but to the, but to the people in question... Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, they got kind of swept up innocently. 
And um, I know a lot of them were trying to promote the Venus Project, and we want to get more information to them so they can really promote it more accurately. Um, and like I said, maybe a study course and things. If, if you know, even if we go off on our own, we would be doing that. But um, hopefully we don't. But you know, all I can say is, if, if I didn't. Either we, we pulled out of, on our own and try and keep the integrity of the work and so we can have a say of what goes on, you know, because we did want to pr promote this direction more accurately. And, and cooperatively. Yeah, and cooperatively. And we didn't feel it was cooperative venture. And, but, you know, we, we were overwhelmed all the time with all the work that people have done to make this known all over the world. We can't overemphasize that, and we deeply appreciate that. But, you know, I know people were hurt, but all I can say is we were hurt to such a point that we felt that it, it wasn't going to be what we felt the Venus Project was, and we needed to make sure it kept that. I hope it will become what we want it to become after the next meeting with Peter. I think we can bridge the difference. I hope we can so that we can work together and make it happen sooner. Okay. Um, there's a more generic Venus Project question here. Somebody is asking, who makes the decisions for, say, what color a apartment building is? Who makes decisions for what color an apartment building is? Oh, we have a method of making the outer surface of a certain texture with tiny glass beads. I think they know what Scott's right is. So you can make it any color you want to. And the same thing for the inside, too. You could change your room color whenever you have the whim to do that. Electronically. Yeah. Without painting it. So does that, well, I guess then, is that, how does that contribute to the color? Is it just always going to be whatever the materials are in question? No, Not you only that, the color. you would have zone heating and zone cooling. Instead of one person saying it's too hot, turn down the air conditioning, we can air condition different zones of the building. We will try to maximize the individuality of the people of the future. When they will not be uniform. Our main emphasis is to make them creative and non-uniform in music, art, and technology. All right. Well, that was another thing I think people didn't realize when they were like, you know, when when you talked about the uniformity of your houses, you described the fact that people will be able to modify those houses in about a billion different ways anyway. You know, that oh. they'll have way more cho choice over what their house looks like in your system. I mean, nowadays you're just kind of forced to settle with whatever house you can buy. Well, whatever house we can make. We only make what we can afford, not what we want. Yeah. And right. people won't be in one house for a long time, we feel. They'll be moving around and going to different parts of the world and participating in different events and exploring and learning from different environments. Particularly when machines can cut down the working hours. So people can spend more time with their family. Instead of getting a week off every year, they might get two months off every year. As the new machines come in, instead of working eight hours a day, you might work four hours a day. So the machines benefit everybody instead of downsizing, you know, getting rid of people. Now, um, another question here is, uh, this is kind of, I guess, in reference to activism. How do you feel like the approach to activism would change or should change? Is there a way that you feel it should be done differently? 
guest. You should know the audience you're speaking to, something of their customs and values, and then come at them utilizing their values. Do not attack. When I wanted to change the members of the Ku Klux Klan, somebody said to me, Jock, you're a smart guy. What do you think of the Klan? This is a great idea, but it doesn't go far enough. That gets their ear. If you attack, you lose it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying that in activism, obviously, we should try to appeal to their values rather than in any fashion try well, to, to attack start, theirs. To start with, you have to do that. I found that you cannot approach people that think differently with reason and logic if they don't know what that means. All right. Um, excellent. Well, I think, let me see, I gave him an opportunity. If anybody else had any further questions, there's a lot of people in chat, so it's scrolling by. Um, see, somebody keeps asking over and over again about previous groups that you guys have been inter interacted with and, and your reasoning as to why you broke off with them. Which groups are you talking about? I guess they mean socio-cybernearing or Earth 2.0. Oh, Earth 2.0 was a movie um, that we were supposed to be in, but um, the writer that they pulled on board was, it ended up being very metaphysical, and we felt that, or this is the impression we got at that time, and we tried to speak with the writer about some of our concerns, but we were afraid that if we were represented in that film, that many people would get very confused as to what our ideas were and what we were representing if it was in with a, a what we what we thought at the time and I don't know where it is now but what we saw from the script and the people they were interviewing it was very metaphysical and we just thought we should pull out because it, it wasn't so much along the lines that we were advocating okay um People are also asking what happened between the Venus Project and Heather Odom. Um, at, at one point, Heather wanted us to meet a, a guy who was um, World Peace One. And we had a conversation with him on the phone, and I got a lot of red flags because I, I deal with the phone because I can't hear over the phone. We got a lot of red flags because we've had a lot of promotional people attached to us because we have a lot of things that they could benefit from, you know, the, the designs and things. And we've gotten stuck a lot where a, a lawyer friend had to get us out of it because they started suing us for what we, they wanted. And, and you know, he, they were just kind of... Um, no, yeah, they, they um, took our stuff and used it. To, they wanted to get money with it and... So they, they, we had to get a lawyer to. They were threatening us, and it, it was a bad scene. They were scaring us, really. And so we had a lawyer friend who, who said that these are typical guys that attach onto people and try and get whatever they can to get funding. And and he knew how to handle them, and he, he got them off our back. But the the guy we were talking to that Heather brought on board to me sounded very much like the other people we had problems with. So we told Heather we didn't want to talk with them. And, um, but Heather had put out so much work, and she pleaded with us, and so we did it because of all the work she had done. And we, 
were we were uncomfortable with it, and um, it, it got to a point we we met with them several times, and they gave us a contract. They wanted to use our stuff and and get money from it and pitch us and, and but we were always uncomfortable with them, and Heather was right there with them. She was promoting them and working with them, and she was taken in by them, and um, we were. We were really hesitant the whole time, and it ended up where they wanted us to sign a contract, and I said, well, let me send it to my lawyer first, and the lawyer looked at it and said, throw it away. Just, you know, he dissected every sentence of it, and I, unfortunately, I sent the lawyer's letter to Heather, and I said, look, Heather, they feel the same way we do. This is, I can only go by what our lawyer said. They know more, they have more experience in these contracts and how this works, and she gave it to she handed it over to the to the group that the people who who wanted us to sign on with them, and they got irate and they were trying to sue us because of um, uh, flammatory some just talking against them and they wanted to sue our lawyer. You know this is what they do, and this is what the way they handled they treated us before. And um, so our lawyers said, don't pay any attention to them. They'll, it'll it'll die out. And Heather said that she was going to work with them. And I said, Heather, this is a conflict of interest. You're working with a group who's trying to sue us. And so we had to pull out. And Heather also did a lot of work. But one of the reasons why we didn't make anything to help support the Venus Project on this six-month ruling tour was because she set up a, several venues that were like $12,000, $7,000 for a couple hours. And we didn't. I should have. I should have kept up with what she was doing. But she didn't want any interference. She wanted to do it alone. She didn't want me in it. And sometimes, like it got complicated when I was talking to the other people she was talking with. And you know, it was right. She needed to handle it. But we weren't aware of what was being set up, and and that was difficult as well. We didn't earn much on the lectures because we had to pay for the yeah, venues, I went over that. which were unreasonable. Yeah. Okay. Um, now this one's another Venus Project-oriented question, and it's actually one I've never really heard before either. I think I know the answer, but um, it has to do with uh, first of all, do you feel that there? This is kind of this is kind of controversial. Do you feel there will be an age of consent, um, meaning for sexual relations in the Venus Project? Would there be an age of consent for sexual relations in the Venus Project? Will there be a law for? <laughs> Well, that would be up to the people that live in the Venus Project, yeah. not up to me. Whatever society decides on, that's the conduct. But uh, that will con constantly evolve. No, no, it's, we do not interfere in the preference of people for their sexuality, which we do not try to judge them. We try to bring out the best in people. When I use that term, I mean that which would serve humanity well. Right. I know, I, I'm sure you've heard the story about when Jacques, um, and this is what some of the experiments and the, the, the things he went through in learning different things about human behavior, but when he was in his 20s, he wanted to see what a culture would be like that, that um, was not considered civilized today, not educated in the, in the norms that he, he went through in you know, civilized civilization, I mean, culture, so society. So um, he went to, uh, yeah, but what was the one you went to first in the Chinese where 
It's still in business. Tahiti. Yeah, he went to Tahiti, but they were doing business there. The, the Chinese came in and did business. So he asked for an, an out island where nobody did any business, and he went to Tuamoto, chain of islands, very, very primitive. And, you know, I know a lot of you, you know the story, but he, they all walked around nude. And you couldn't sell pornography. Nobody looked at, looked at the human body. There were no fetishes. And they made love. No peeping Tom. Yeah, no peeping Tom. But they made love whenever they became of age. And um, they, they did it like on the beach when people were around. There was nobody drawing the shades down. You know, they didn't have that type of morality and that secrecy. They, they didn't care. It was like eating an apple. Nobody said, oh, I, I got laid today seven, three times. You know, I scored. None of that kind of behavior. It was, it was just natural to them. And, um, you know, they would run and play and run in the woods and have sex. And whenever they became of age and there was no child molesting or because there wasn't a scarcity. I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating that this is the way we should set it up in the Venus Project, but I'm just talking about a different type of society and different type of values in terms of right, wrong, good or bad, you know, that's something to be determined in the future what they'll do, but we don't believe in right, wrong, good and bad. Once you get morality and, and the religion superimposing your morality or covering up the woman's body, or then you get all sorts of distortions. You know, and I think, uh, especially on a topic like that, um, people tend to forget that the age of consent has changed culturally so many times and it's still different depending on where you go even today um, and I still think however that science will have a chance to, to prove that because it's, it's, it's obvious that you know molestation does psychological and obviously in many cases physical damage to, to young children so you know that children are raised to understand many things mm -hmm. people say always oh, be truthful to your children Oh, and they said, Daddy, where do babies come from? The thought brings them. Right. You know what I mean? They start with the lies that Santa Claus climbs down the chimney and brings you toys. These are distortions, and they're not good for kids. And when you get all sorts of taboos with religion and bodies, you know, there's just all sorts of aberrant behavior, and, and you, you get... You get the Hollywood dollying in on different portions of the body and accentuating it, 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 you know, for just for selling things and advertising. All those distortions of the society make terrible sexual patterns in people. Right. Now, somebody's asking another question here. Um, they see a lot in the in ideas for the Venus Project about the production of vegetables, uh, hydroponic farming, and such. But what about the production of meat in the Venus Project? Well, to, to make a cow that weighs 800 pounds, you have to lose, use a lot of food to fatten the cow up. It's much more economical to be vegetarian than a meat eater. But what about this, when you talk about your, your clothes? Well, in the future, with nanotechnology, we may be able to arrange atoms in whatever molecular configuration. Cheese, meat, without killing any Cloning without the tissue, growing the tissue. There's a possibility of yeah. like oh, tissue culture. You understand? No, right. like, a, like an apple tree. You don't have to raise the whole tree. Eventually, then science will develop where you can do tissue culture and just reproduce the tissue yeah. of apples. Multiplying the tissue. But that is in the future. We don't talk about that. It's tough enough 
just getting across to people today with conventional changes. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask again if there are any questions uh, as far as this is concerned. Um, thanks again, once again, always for being on, obviously. And um, as far as uh, any new projects or anything that you guys are looking for help for? Just understanding. Well, we recommend books on our website. We have a lot of books we recommend, which you'll have to hunt down. You know, we have a lot of free literature. We have hundreds of questions and answers. I, I, we also want to develop filming, Jacques, on individual topics, talking for hours. You know, we must have about, um, I don't know, 50 to 60 hours of him just talking lately on just specific topics. We want to use a lot of that information, use a lot of the drawings and other things that we have here and do a study course to help people understand this direction and the value system more so, um, to talk about all these different topics. We would like help with people um, putting that together, working with us, um, you know, even almost like a college course, but if not just some, some kind of orientation guide, the study course, um, so that's a project that we want to do as well. We feel it's very necessary. All right. Um, let me see. There were some people, actually, uh, uh, Brandy Hume has suggested, you know, is there perhaps a way you guys could put detailed instructions on your website for what you would like to see activists do? Um, you know, maybe do some kind of programming to help train activists, you know, so that they know how to appeal to things, as Jock had suggested earlier? Oh, what activists can do specifically? No, I thought the study guide for the activists. Yeah. No, did you want to say address that? What the activists can do? We hope to put out films showing them what to do and how they can modify human behavior without arousing conflict. In other words, most conflicts are made by people's expectations, and they don't understand that if a person learns medicine. He doesn't necessarily become an ethical doctor. Ethics is a separate subject in itself. And so we have to deal with the ethics of the future. And we have to teach people how to be in, in schools when they're very young. We work on children so they understand how we depend on nature and how to relate to other children without getting angry or getting into conflict or getting into fights. We would reshape the environment of education considerably than what it is today. All right. Um, the next question is about. Uh, was there something else? No, I was just going to say, in terms of activism, it, mainly first, what, what Peter's trying to do, what we're trying to do, is to educate people as to what this direction is. And. Um, go out into churches, into any types of other organizations. We always felt it was important to, to, to address other organizations and introduce them to this direction. Um, we're, we're talking with different organizations as well here. As Peter mentioned, that's an important step. It's never been to us just this way or, or nothing, although we feel if it starts to get infiltrated with the monetary system in terms of um, Price system values, you know, trying to, um, yeah, well, I mean, trying to compromise somewhat, there would be problems, um, you know, depending on who we're working with, 
But, I mean, if we're working with different organizations, it, it, it'd be good to present what this direction is first. Um, so in, in, in terms of activism, you know, make as much contact with people. Uh, even go to different, different. I mean, when we do do different projects, we could, there are some people that are trying to do um, grants for different types of projects. You know, there are people who are trying to do grant writing for our film. You know, if we have different projects that we're doing, we need to address even the business world, see if we can get some grants and get some funding, but on, on certain things that, that we take on. Right now, the main, the main push for us is the film. Okay. Um, now, uh, a question about Zeitgeist moving forward. Um, is there anything that you feel should have been done differently? Yes, uh, I think that he should contact us and, and discuss films with us, not just go ahead and make them. Well, he's saying if he's trying to represent the Venus Project. Yeah, yes, that's what he's, he knows that. Uh, right. Well, well, I guess the question is, as far as to how, the, in moving forward, what you, would you have done differently? I don't, that's Peter's film. Okay. Yeah, I've just asked the question as it was coming to me, so. Um, now, another... I, I, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, there's a question here that's been repeated about 30 times now, so I'm going to try to ask it. Uh, do you accept new ideas and information from other people, like Gabor Mate, for example? Do you, the um, the guy who was on Peter's film, do you accept, I don't know if you heard that, do you accept new ideas from other people, such as Gabor Mate? Yes, if he has a comprehensive understanding of it, not a rudimentary understanding of it. He doesn't. Of the subject matter. He didn't take it anywhere. You know, he had certain understanding on on how behavior shapes. I mean, environment shapes behavior. And he didn't recommend any process for eliminating aberrant behavior. You have to have a process level for doing that. Right. That's you know I discussed that with him in my own interviews with him later. But I think Peter was it, Peter's uh, purpose for Mate in the film was to kind of help you know debunk the human nature argument and and therefore the the solutions would, weren't talked as much by him at that point. I, I would be against using academicians to reinforce the Venus Project. When Charles Darwin came up with a theory of evolution, he didn't need any backing. I don't need any backing if I know. What I'm talking about, I will describe it. I never needed the approval of architects in designing any buildings. I just designed them, and they were lower in cost and more efficient. I just want buildings that don't blow away in a hurricane. And that's what the problem is, but they're not excessive in cost either. Right. I think Peter was trying to get those people to help other people understand um, you know, through other people's work too. That that yeah, other people I don't have think that's necessary. That. Right. Okay, I see where you're coming with that. Um, was there anything else with the film that you would have done differently? No, I guess not. Other than that, it was pretty good. Okay. Um, now, uh, let me see here. There was somebody here suggesting about. Um, do you feel it's wise to put all the eggs in one basket? Why not spend twenty million? Or why spend $20 million on just a film? You know, you could work on food dispensaries or things of that nature with that money. You know, we don't have $20 million. We don't intend to do $20 million. I, um, 
if we are going to do a film, we're going to get funding elsewhere. I don't know why these people think that they have to put up 20 million and they, you know, we we feel that the film, we've always felt that the film is extremely important to change values. You know, today they have the technology out there. They're really not interested in using it at this point for the benefit of people. It's never been that we didn't have the technology. Many times Jacques says we could have done this in 1927 to create a better lifestyle for everybody without without crime or poverty or homelessness. It's not a matter of making a technology and showing it to the world and thinking it's going to change the world. It's the value system that's important. And if even if we made a city, if there was a country that made a city and you put the same people in there, you'll have the same problem. So to us, it, it, you know, Peter's film changed a lot of people, but we need to get to more people in, in, with a different value system so they're not afraid of this. So they don't hear it from people who are against it. So they they have a more comprehensive understanding of it. We do feel that films and education are very important. And it's not just this film that has to be made, it's many other films that have to be made. So and, and we're not we're not that fixed that we have to get that much money to make this film or it won't work at all. There there's just many different avenues that are opening up to us and many people who are getting in touch with us and we, there are a lot of possibilities. I, I just wouldn't shut the door on it, say it's going to be this or it's not going to be at all. Okay. And that, and that will never make it. All right. Um, I'm like scanning through here. Uh, folks, I just want to let some people know here because I'm getting a little annoyed with some of the reactions in the chat room. Um, I'm nobody's psychophant. I ask questions that uh, I feel are relevant or that have not already been answered about a dozen times on the six or seven other interviews I've had with Jacques and Roxanne. Jacques has consistently asked me for new questions that he hasn't already answered for a very good reason. The man's 95 years old. He's not going to be around forever, so we're trying to get to new information. That's why I ask the questions that I haven't seen before. Um, no question that I wouldn't try to answer. So. Right. I would rather you ask me any question at all, because there's no reason for me not to answer a question. Oh, no, and I, I got that. I'm just trying to get across to some people who are putting motives in my head or thoughts in my head or words in my mouth, and um, I'm, I'm not too happy with that. But let me go ahead and um, uh, somebody keeps asking this, and I keep trying to explain to him that the question is kind of convoluted, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I have seen that there seems to be an us versus we paradigm. In my experience with linguistics, isn't referring to TVP or TZM for that matter as us, we implicitly annotate both as separate and with different, but both have the same goal. Okay. No, we're How am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> I can try to tell you. I don't know whether it'll come across as I wanted to. I want to say this, that we have a distribution center like the public library, where anybody can check out a book. We have next to the public library a camera center, where anyone can check out a camera. We have musical instruments that are available to everybody. If you want to put an end to crime, that's the way you do it. I don't think you heard this question. But um, what, what we are talking about is we're not, we're upholding a direction. We're upholding blueprints. We're upholding 
a, a direction that's been arrived at through a lot of work over 70 years. We want to keep the integrity of that work as close as possible and not let it get squelched or go off in a different direction that does not represent it because we feel that that is a most appropriate way to 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 go to achieve the the end that that we want you know no hunger no poverty no war and we feel a lot of times the amount that you deviate from that will depend on how much trouble there is in the world so it's a it's a direction that we're trying to introduce um, and and to uphold something else or deviate from it we feel may be dangerous. I'm not talking about not bringing in other people or other people's ideas or directions and but you know this is what we feel we're, we're aiming towards something in the long run. Neil you got to remember people come out here and they say I've come to help so I said how will you prevent cause from hitting each other. I don't know. How will you increase agricultural yield? I don't know. How will you bridge the difference between nations? I don't know. You can't help unless you have experience of some kind. Don't you see that? Right. All right. Well, um, here's a good question. Uh, how do you feel about working along with the indigenous peoples of the planet? If they want to live that way, we will help them. If they want to go back to school and learn new things, we will help them. That's up to the indigenous people. Okay. Now, somebody's asking another question that I don't think is really going to come out as well as they're suggesting, but I'm going to try. Uh, do they understand that science is a process that needs many people's ideas? Please ask state the need for cooperation and collaboration in technological processes. Technological advances can't be a dictatorship. He says he is a chemist scientist. That's very good. It's a very good question. But if you remember all the dis they're called disciplines, when you learn to be a chemist, you learn the laws and disciplines associated with chemistry. The first person that invented electricity or invented the use of practical application of electricity had to explain it to the gas companies and to other people. No one intuitively knows anything, don't you see? You always have come up with a new idea in architecture or engineering or mathematics, like algebra, an Arab that developed algebra. You, you have to explain how that works. People don't join you right away. So whenever you come up with anything new, it is not an intuitive understanding on the part of other people. It's through advocation where you advocate a certain process and show them why you use it. Okay. I don't think that uh, anyone should twist anyone's wrist or you don't, you can't bring democracy to another country. You can educate them as to what it is, but their background will tell, talk to you and reject it on the basis of their upbringing. It has nothing to do with reason or logic. People's behavior has to do with the way they're brought up. Now, another question here. Uh, once we understand that we are products of our environment, how do we best change ourselves? You can't change yourself. If you want to become a doctor, you go to a medical environment. If you want to become an aviator, you go to a flying school where they work on you. So you always have to expose yourself to the concepts that you want to practice. 
You can't be an engineer unless you study engineering principles. Right. So if the public wants to change, they will go to the appropriate school, but they don't have to pay anything in the future. There's no taxation, no abuse of human beings, no servitude. If you want to go to school, you're free to go to any school you're qualified to enter. All right. Um, now, another question that keeps coming up, I, I don't really get why this person thinks it's so important that they had to repeat it 50 times, but what happens if the collapse comes before your film is made? Then, then we will have additional problems. I feel the transition will be very painful. Assassinations, breaking store windows, mobs breaking store windows and taking food and people that don't get medical care will revolt against the system. All kinds of problems which I cannot control. The transition will be painful. So obviously then, I guess this is, I guess kind of the silly point of it is like the guy was just suggesting if the economy collapses, then what are you going to do about raising funds for your film? The question just seems silly in its face because obviously money won't matter at that point right. because it'll be a collapse. They always ask me the same question. And, and the point is, it's not up to me. I don't control those things. I just think mobs will uprise. The government will use the National Guard to put down riots and destruction of property. And youth will have to remain off the street by 9 o'clock. That will come about as a natural series of events during the transition. They're asking what will happen with your film if the crash comes before the transition. It won't be made, and you'll have more difficulty. That's like somebody saying, well, what if they bomb your city? Well, then it gets destroyed. You know? <laughs> or what if a meteor right, hits the city? That's it. All right. Now, um, see, there was another good question here. Let me scroll up a little bit. This thing's going really fast. Uh Somebody's asking, what do you think of uh, opening a Venus Project business where you develop technologies and sell them to try to help use that to raise funds? I've tried that. Yeah. doesn't work. Jack started with products. He invented and designed and developed hundreds of products. And medical instruments and uh, prefabricated houses, and they wouldn't let them go up. But they sold, as if houses sold for $10,000 and my house sold for $5,250, the zoning board wouldn't let it go up because it degrades the other houses. They say, well, they're living in these mass-produced houses. Don't you see? You've got so many contradictions. If you have a new power system, say geothermal energy, the electric companies don't say, gee, that's great. You're a threat to somebody. Whenever you come up with tires, say, that the last 20 years, Goodyear may buy the tire but not produce it because they can't survive that way. So we want things to wear out and break down. It's called planned obsolescence. Right. I'm sorry that engineers are hired to design electric bulbs that will burn out. The early Edison lamp would last for 100 years. Did you know that? Yep. Yep, and actually. It's a great documentary about that called... Uh the light bulb conspiracy that they can find on my website. Yeah, that was great movie. Yeah. yeah. But so you got to understand that the establishment is not interested in progress; they're interested in survival. Right. Now let me see. There was another question here. Um, 
Now this one kind of, I guess, is a bit more personal, but basically people are asking, why did we have to find out about the split through a YouTube video? Why didn't you guys call Peter Joseph directly and talk to him about I it? I did. I said, come on out here, Peter. There's a lot of stuff we have to discuss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He couldn't make it for whatever reason. Yeah, we were constantly saying, come out. We have to deal with some things. Come out. We didn't want to do it on the phone or an email. Right. And then it's just a lot of things just built up and... And we just came cumulative. Yeah, so we just didn't feel that this direction was going in our direction. And, um, it was taking its own course, yeah. which has nothing to do with the Venus Project. The Venus Project advocates interracial relationships. It advocates the end of poverty, hunger, medical care for all people, and the end of the monetary system. Why do we want to end the monetary system? Because you can pay off senators, you can buy people, and if you do away with money, you can't sell drugs. You can't pay off senators. Do you understand that? Yep. Okay. It isn't that I want to do away with money. It says in the Bible, the love of money is the root of all evil. And then also it says in the Bible, thou shalt not kill. It also says, love your enemy. And I've never seen Christianity manifest. All right. Well, um... Let me see. Uh, here's a person who's in the Zeitgeist Linguistic Team doing translations and redactions to support the Venus Project. Um, I presume you're still going to need translators um, in the event that things are not mended with the Zeitgeist Movement. You guys will need people to translate your information, correct? Yeah, of yeah. course. Right. Wonderful. And we're open to new ideas. If anybody has any way of simplifying buildings, we're interested. Right. We have a system already designed to take the place of what exists, that's all. Right. And I don't believe in utopia or any final frontiers. I think that you can't design the best equipment. You can only design the best equipment you know how up to now. But all things will change. Now, here's another good uh, question and therefore suggestion. How about writing a novel version of the film? Um, basically, to, to get it started, a lot of good movies start off as novels. Maybe you could write it as a novel and then. We have. Uh, that way. Looking forward. No, yeah. Well, it's a combination of many novels that's been written that we don't have out there. Yeah, Looking Forward is just one of them. It's, 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 we've done the work already many years ago. And we're combining different things together, and then we're working with somebody who's adding things to make it more palatable for the TV. And also, I'm writing articles from sociology magazines, and they're publishing our articles. You would have to get in touch with American Sociological Association. I do articles for all kinds of magazines. We have hundreds of magazines here, written in different languages in different countries, supporting the Venus Project. The assumption that we're sitting back doing nothing is artificial. Okay. Um, do you have uh, the actual technology to build a city or just preliminary design proposals? No, I had the actual technology way back in time, at least 60 years ago. Okay. Um, there's also, they keep asking, would Jock be willing to write a new orientation guide with Peter for the Zeitgeist Movement? Well, I'll write an orientation guide. I don't know whether Peter can help that. I don't know if he's got enough of that background. But I'll find out when we talk to each other. 
I work with anybody that has that kind of knowledge. But if a person says, I'd like to help, and they know nothing about design of cities, I don't think they can help. In that area? You call a plumber when something goes wrong with your plumbing. You call an electrician when something goes wrong with the electricity. But if a friend comes over and says, I'd like to help, and he doesn't know anything about the field, you can't utilize that. Um, what do you know about the homeostasis effect and its psychic aspect? I hope that's not what that Walter B. Cannon. <laughs> Walter B. Cannon is the guy that coined the term homeostasis. But what he seemed to miss was that things are always in a state of disequilibrium. And that the equilibrium is never attained. It depends on the temperature and the gravity. So things are always in equilibrium to the conditions they're under. They do not seek equilibrium. All right. Be canon. Okay. Um, any more questions, people? Uh, speak now, because these people have been on the radio for a while. So if you've got something else you want to squeeze out, let's let's hear it. Um, let me see. Plans good. Getting video camera and filming. Blah blah blah. Not a question. Okay, it takes a second for them to hear what I'm saying. So, but um, in any case, uh, once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to V Radio. Please visit my website, v-radio.org. You can also visit thevenusproject.com um, and learn more about what it is that we've been talking about tonight. Um, let me see. Okay. All right. What inventions were invented by Jacques Fresco that were used in a negative way by the military or any other people throughout the years? Well, when I was drafted into the Army, they asked me if I could make a bomb that explodes sideways rather than up. I said, no, I don't know how to do that. I would not work on stuff like that. I only worked on safety devices for aircraft, lighter structures, methods of preventing fire in aircraft, Things like that. They also worked on aircraft designs, and that's and what I usually say, you know, that they, they did use them to it, for their own benefits. But but after that, he he, he only did safety devices. He, he did um, the, the wheel with the fan blade and the, the, the cart. I, mean, the I did many different things, surgical instruments, automobile prefabricated houses, products, commercial products on the market. Uh, all you have to do is look up Fresco's history of invention. But there's many inventions I haven't patented because I don't have the money. Okay. Um, now, somebody here is asking, have you read Aldous Huxley's Brave New World? And When it first came out. Right. Do you feel any of this would be incorporated into your movie? No, we don't incorporate any of that in the movie. The movie is totally based on the Venus Project's findings. Okay. Um, we know the transition will be painful. What will we do with the elite of the world who currently hold at least a couple of trillion dollars in wealth, um, which means they control them, you know, insane amounts of resources. Will they need to be imprisoned? <laughs> I understand your question. Yeah. Basically, what are we going to do with the elite? During the last depression, I had a friend, Henry Berliner, that owned an aircraft factory. The government said, we're taking over your factory. He said, why? 
He says, because uh, you haven't paid taxes on it for three years. He says, I have no orders for airplanes. Take the goddamn factory. We bailed out banks. We bailed out the Chevy company because they couldn't compete with the Japanese cars. But if you bail them out, that doesn't mean they're going to sustain uh, the production of cars. If they don't come up with a better car, they'll be bypassed. We've been bailing out the wrong people, the people that created the problems in the first place. Mm-hmm. Obama, to me, sounds more like a Republican than a Democrat. Right. Well, there hasn't really been much difference in that in a long time. Um now, what is their position concerning the Zeitgeist movement, movies, demonization of religions? This is about Z1. We talked about this during my live interview with, like, when I was in Venus. But basically, uh, your position about the first Zeitgeist movie, demonizing religions. Um, I would say that if you take religion away from people without giving them something else, without replacing it with something else, you leave them in midair. I would say never do that. Show how we've deviated so far from the true teachings of religious people. We've become more commercial. Churches have become more commercial. They have hi-fi bells rather than real bells. And every religion and every society always conform to the values of that society. That is not religion. Right. Um So I guess the question then is, you know, because I know we've talked about this in the past, um, we don't intend on hammering on religion, but um, it's not something that we advocate. We advocate that people live in peace and harmony and treat one another with the greatest of respect. Now, if that isn't science, if that isn't the application of love or religion, I don't know what is. We have a world without exploitation, without hunger, without armies, navies, prison, police. This is spirituality to me. I don't know what else it is. I would say that the Venus Project is translating all religious teachings into a way of life rather than a paper proclamation. Right. Um, Now... Somebody here, and I've heard this asked again before, I know we talked about this already in another show, and I'm going to go ahead and ask it, but it has to do with why you guys haven't been on a TED Talk yet. Uh, do you want to explain what happened with TED and why you guys didn't decide to do that? Uh, well, they they did ask Jacques to do that, but um, to be on, what, the the older TED or the, the elderly or whatever it was, there's, they have some kind of section for older people there, but it meant that they, were, they had certain rules, and I don't remember them exactly, so I hate to say it, but as I re- something like you had to make three lectures a year in different parts of the, of the world, and, and they only gave you economy class flight, and you had to pay $2,000 to become an elderly member, and you know we, we couldn't do that. Jock has to travel where he could put his feet up, otherwise you'd be worried about embolisms or blood clots, and... and um, and we couldn't afford to pay the difference. We couldn't even afford to pay the $2,000 at that time. So that was the extent of TED with us. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, people have voiced this to me in the past that they think that a barter system would still arise within an RBE, and then they suggest that 
you know, because of that, eventually a market system would redevelop. But basically, uh, do you think a market would still crop up within an RVE? It's thinking that, that somebody says that barter would arrive in an RBE. Because there's there's rare there's rare items like they always give examples like, well, what if I like rare like you know old wine and this other guy likes rare, uh, maybe historical artifacts or something and then we start During trading them. During the transition, you will have all those values. Yes, there will be a lot of trouble, assassinations, riots, and. Barter. When people don't have money, they're afraid to sack of potatoes for boxes of oatmeal or whatever they can get. Yes, during the transition, all that. They're would asking, be, what about in a resource-based economy? They think there'll be barter. No, not at all. If you make a painting in the resource-based economy, or a sculpture, or any artistic rendering, you cannot sell it because there's no money. If you like people, you can give it to them as a gift. But there's okay. no business conducting. Once you start that, you start generating greed, accumulation of power, wealth, and property. And and people wouldn't have the same value system to to hold worth in those types of things that they do today. You know, they, what they uphold as important wouldn't be an old bottle of wine they would have a very different value system. You wouldn't be taking the same people by the time we get into a resource-based economy and have those types of arguments. Only during the transition do you have that. All right. Um, yeah, and I've told people this, too, is that a lot of the things that they think are important to them now wouldn't really be important. I've already seen a serious value change in myself. There are a lot of things I used to you know, spend money on now that I just kind of laugh at. That's not unusual. It occurs in all social systems that undergo change. You always have people that cling to the past. When the primordial animal climbed out of the slime, they brought some of the slime with them. Right. I get it. Um, now, let me see here. People are looking for Mind Reaver's question, trying to find it. You guys have to understand that after a while here, once the question is spammed by a bit, when I've got 200 people chatting, I can't get to it anymore. Um, if you scroll up to a certain point, it's not available. So calm down, folks. Um, now, let me see. Uh, can we start a new activism team instead of clarifying the Zeitgeist movement? I guess that's basically a question of um, uh, what are you guys planning to do as far as activism teams if you can't work things out with Peter? What are we going to do with activism teams if we can't work, work things out with Peter? Well we're, we're, well, we're going to do everything we can to make it possible to work things out with Peter. If not, we'll have all that on our website, what people can get involved with, what we feel is is important. and you know. mm -hmm. All right. Seems good then. Um, we're down to the last 10 minutes, folks. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being on so long. I know I originally thought it was going to be an hour, but I realized that when you guys wanted to add, you know, talking about the controversies and stuff, that it was going to take a little bit longer. So thank you, everybody, for your patience. Um, thank you, Jacques and Roxanne. Um, and if you know, I'm sorry to everybody trying to get their questions in. You have to recognize that I literally can only see about six paragraphs worth of stuff in the chat room. I'm not trying to ignore you. Um, so, 
uh, calm down, everybody. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody like doing this. It's not like I, you know, haven't been doing these shows forever. So um, I recognize that things are tense in the movement right now, and I recognize that you guys are upset, but it needs to stop. I'm not doing this for my health. So. Oh, I just wanted to mention one more thing. I know there's a lot of blame that's gone on um, Andrew Buxton, and it shouldn't. <laughs> He's not the cause of anything. He's just stating what he feels is more accurately portrays the notions of the Venus Project. He hasn't made us do anything. And um, he's, he knows more about this direction than a lot of people, and he's worked with us. And he's seen a, a lot of Jacques' designs and all the technical aspects. And when we send him a design, we also show him the technical aspects of how it works and how it goes together. So he knows a lot more of what's happening in behind the scenes here at the Venus Project. So he was presenting what he understood of this direction, which was pretty accurate. All right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think a lot of people have been looking for somebody to blame, and, it, and it's obvious that it's just a matter of miscommunication. And obviously, you know, that you guys have already stated you're willing to extend the olive branch and talk to Peter, and then at that point I think it's, that's where people need to step back and let you guys, who have been friends now for years, um, work this out. And that's that's why I keep telling people to stop like feeding the fire or feeding the drama, because there's too many people here that are taking interest in this. And, of course, the trolls are having a hell of a laugh at our expense because of the way some people are behaving. So just uh, calm down, guys. That was the whole point of this, is to try to bridge gaps and get people to understand each other. And all of this angst and stupid anger is not going to help anybody facilitate any form of communication. We need more logical and rational thinking, not more being uh, emotionally upset. So stop contributing to that is what I tell people to do here. Um, so um, thanks again, guys, for being on tonight. Um, and, uh, and once again, go ahead. We really appreciate the platform to be able to do that. Thank you, Dio, very much. No problem. And um, thank you guys for everything that you've done. And um, I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, finish up the end of my announcements, but you don't have to wait around for that. So um, thanks again for coming on, and I'll talk to you guys later. I hope I've answered questions for some people. No, you did a great job, Jack, really. Um, okay. Talk to you soon, Neil. Thanks. No, no problem. Bye. Okay. Bye. Um, all right, folks. Um, I'm sorry that I couldn't get to all of your questions, um, but I, seriously, people, um, any of you who have known me well enough should know well enough by now. I'm not kissing anybody's butt. I'm not anybody's psychophant. I'm VTV. And yes, I'm friends with Jock. Yes, I'm friends with Peter. And that's the way it is. you know. And if you guys want to have a situation where things turn into Jerry Springer, you're free to turn into tune into somebody else's radio show. I'm not going to contribute to that. Okay, a lot of the questions that I was going to ask today were kind of rendered pointless because the Venus Project already stated they want to talk to Peter and work things out, that they, they see that maybe some of the things that they felt were incorrect. That's actually a hell of a lot more um, constructive than asking some of the stuff that I saw up there. Another thing, when you're asking questions, guys, you really need to work on the wording. One of the reasons I went ahead and asked that one question, which was no offense, guys, it doesn't make any sense. It might make sense to you when you're typing it out, but spamming it 30 times does not mean that it's going to look sound right on the radio, and it doesn't mean that Jock is going to understand it at 95 years old with hearing aids listening to us on Skype. 
He's doing his best. I'm doing my best. So I'm just asking you guys to calm down. You know, cooler heads need to prevail here. Um, please visit my website, v-radio.org. Um, if you appreciate what I'm doing, don't, you know, please consider a donation, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and as I've told people in the past, even if everybody just donated like two to five bucks, that's all I'm really looking for. If everybody who downloaded this show, which is generally four to five thousand, did that, I wouldn't even need everybody to donate every month. Um, and that's it. Uh, so if anybody has any further ideas for shows, please bring them up. I just talked again to uh, Jeff Tester, the Ph.D. and expert in geothermal energy, and we're going to do our best to try to get something together. He's not blowing me off. He's, he feels really bad, and he wanted to make sure you guys knew he wasn't blowing you off. He really seriously wants to do this show. He's excited about it, but he is an MIT professor working on geothermal and geothermal awareness. He travels to, to do this, gives lectures at other places because he really wants to see geothermal realized. Um, and that's Jeff Tester, Ph.D. He's going to be on an upcoming um, episode of V Radio. Um, if you have more suggestions for shows, please feel free to come forward and um, give me the suggestions. I can't always do it, um, but, you know, I do my best, basically. For every 20 or so people I email about coming on the show, I don't get that many. And that's largely because there's a huge stigma about internet stuff, you know, basically internet radio. But And the reason why is that there are just billions of people doing these little internet radio shows that maybe have five or six listeners calling these people up. And, of course, when I tell them I have thousands of listeners, they have no reason to believe me. So <laughs> there's kind of a – like I was trying to get this one guy who was really great about education, and he was in one of Scott Noble's films, Cywar, and he just he said that he gets just hundreds of invitations to go on Blog Talk constantly, and he can, therefore can't really take the time. Um, my personal email, uh, website is v-radio.org. By hyphen, I mean minus, um, you know, there you go. Somebody threw the link in chat. V-radio or v-radio or v-radio.org. Um, and please go to my website, check out my archives. One of the reasons I didn't ask some of these questions, folks, is that I really have asked some of these questions so many times. And you have to remember that I've, I have the same people listening to these shows. And I'm trying to give them new information each time. Um, Peter Joseph had a good show on earlier. I suggest you go check that out on the TZM Global. Don't forget to check out Z Radio, Z hyphen radio, which you can find on TalkShoe. Um, there's a lot of great programs available for this direction. And support, you know, uh, uni basically support independent radio. We are the alternative. And we're not going to keep doing this unless people bother. You know, don't turn on Fox News. Turn on Z Radio or V Radio or ZM Global Radio or anything else you could come up with. There's lots of great stuff on the Internet, guys. So um, in any case, uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. And um, also, please consider joining my Facebook group, Fans of V Radio, V hyphen radio, with a period at the end of the radio. I realize that's why some people weren't finding it. But it's like a sentence, fans of V Radio. I'm also the person who runs the official Charlie Beach uh, Love Police, fans of the Love Police. Um, and you can request to join those groups as well. And there I post a lot of stuff. There's also the V Radio forums, which you can find on my website. The archives, um, you can check out previous shows. And not to mention my must-see TV list of free documentaries you can watch on the Internet. And lastly, if you're interested in buying any of Dr. Mate's books, any of Sapolsky's books, um, any of James Gilligan's books, 
Um, and in a lot of different videos and stuff, I have an Amazon store. I just get a little kickback. So if you were thinking about buying them anyway, that's another way you can contribute. You click store, I've got some T-shirts and stuff that say this shit's got to go with Jock's face on them. So the art was donated and given permission by the Venus Project. Take care, folks, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks again for tuning in to V-Radio. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jock Fresco. And you're listening to V-Radio.